Hey listeners, I'm Trey Guillotine. And this is EY. Welcome to Pocast. Reviewing films with New Orleans flavor. I had a lot of things to say about this. Like, I, I mean, I think you know this. I'm a huge, before I've said I'm a huge action fan, I'm a huge superhero movie fan. And I especially love the superhero genre movies that really kind of are different from like the stereotypical like Marvel or DC movie. Like they're the ones that kind of flip that genre on its head a little bit, like uh, Umbrella Academy. Uh, one of my One of my favorite shows ever. Um, Watchmen I thought was fantastic uh, and now this I think Project Power like it really does kind of it, it's kind of a new take on a as much as I love it a definitely a oversaturated genre overall I enjoyed it but I did have a lot of I think I had a lot of things to say about this this the first New Orleans superhero movie? no no it's not well movie maybe but there is of course and it's something I would actually like to do for our show is a uh, cloak and dagger was uh Marvel's um New Orleans TV show uh okay in, was here. in in television but I would say this is probably New Orleans first blockbuster superhero movie you could say i mean this yeah this, as far as i know i'm maybe this was i feel a, like i'm think i'm miss i'm forgetting something i feel like if this came out in theaters and and not on netflix it probably would have been a pretty big deal probably and that makes me wonder if this movie was meant to come out on netflix or if it was something slated for a theatrical release and then maybe they gave it to netflix when you know whatever the hell this thing is called hit. Yeah, I do have to say I'm pretty surprised. I just pulled up the kind of information page uh, for this movie and its budget is just below $90 million. I I definitely was not expecting that. Yeah, probably most of it went to Jamie Foxx, I would imagine. It had to because like the effects, while they had some, weren't like over the top. Well, that too. And... I'm kind of glad you brought up the effects because this movie had, I think, a lot of good shots, a lot of pretty shots. Mm -hmm. And then some at the same time did feel clunky. Yeah. And areas, just the editing in general, not to an extreme, but a slight tinge of, oh, I can't even remember what we last reviewed with uh, John Cena. Oh, 12 rounds? Yeah, 12 rounds with like almost kind of extreme jump cuts. And it it didn't overuse it, but here and there that kind of popped up. Overall, I did enjoy it, too. I think right when it ended, I was like, damn, you know, that was a pretty good movie. Mm -hmm. Then the next day, my wife asked me what I thought about it. And I kind of thought about it a little more and stuttered and just said it was okay. It's not a bad movie. By, it was, by far it's a it good was movie. very like it was a very exciting movie and when i was watching it i was definitely really into it uh but there were definitely things that kind of lessened it for me well to start i guess the plot of the movie which without going into too much detail i did like the overall setup that the government was trying to make super soldiers and one of their super soldiers i guess you could say had a daughter that their experiment was essentially passed on to and became the carrier for the the source of this these pills that give people or release people's superhero power for whatever reason it's only five minutes exactly Mm -hmm. uh what did you kind of kind of think of the plot or of the pills let's start with kind of the pills i think that's an overall theme and i I definitely found it odd that it had a 
an exactly a, a five minute cutoff for I mean, <laughs> these. I mean, the five minute, the five minute thing, I was like, all right, whatever. Um, that's, you know, that's for plot. So they're not OP or anything. I just, I had so many questions about how the pill worked. Yeah. Like you take the pill first. Okay. So first off, you have to activate the pill by turning it. It's one of those little pill capsule things and you have to twist it and then you take it. And my first question, which was kind of answered in the movie, was if the pill gave everyone, if like one pill gave someone a random power, or if one person had a power that the pill then kind of brought forward. Um, and it, you, do, you do find out as the movie goes on that it's the second one. It's that everyone has like one power, their superpower, but they don't always have it only, but the pill kind of uh, engages it or makes it happen. But of course it's only for five minutes. And that was like, that was like my first big question of just like the mechanics of how this, this, I guess, superhero genre was working. It's not like, you know, X-Men or anything where they just have the power all the time. It's, you know, there are rules to it and like trying to figure out those rules is kind of, it's where I had a lot of hangups because some of them, some of the rules I felt like some of them were very hypocritical of each other. Well, my biggest confusion was there was a lot of underlying themes with connections to different animals. Yes. And that's where I was confused because it almost made it seem like the pills release power related to some type of animal. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, you don't know what your power was as a person. Some people don't have it or some people have an extremely negative side effect that you see in the movie yeah a couple of times or the powers that they do have are are an extreme end yeah and that's what i'm talking about like they're very hypocritical like i don't know how far i want to jump like i don't know how far i want to jump ahead because like i feel like a lot of it uh a lot of the just the confusing nature comes from jamie fox and how his power works um because jamie fox plays the the super soldier that had the daughter and he was you know one of the first test subjects for this new thing where they're trying to make super soldiers uh like he and also the one of the villains uh kinds of kind of explain that what they're developing essentially the way I understood it it sounded like they gave you it, it gave you like extreme animal DNA so that you essentially had superpowers that were basically enhanced versions of traits that animals already had like um, like the Wolverine frog can break its bone and use it as as like to stab people which that's something I want to talk about later or the you know or you can heal or you can dislocate your bones so that you can move a little more freely uh, different things like that but my biggest question is like Jamie Foxx he was one of the first test subjects that they gave him animal DNA am I correct in assuming that? I I'm just going to say I have no idea because that is the most confusing part to me is okay. I don't know if it's directly tied to an actual animal, which is what they hint at. But yeah, at that's the same what they time, say. They also talk about releasing your personal, I don't know what you want to call it, a personal instinct or personal power that just humans in general already have. We just haven't unleashed it yet. I don't know. I, yeah, I especially can't... like what animal what animal literally becomes the human torch what animal starts breathing ice what animal hulks out there may be these animals i am not an animalologist but i don't know of them so it was it was just very inconsistent with some of with like how the powers worked that they were connected to animals or they weren't so well, it was just it was very confusing the the temperature thing is i think 
explained but not well they do explain how some animals can control their temperature but when you take the pill again that's where it gets a little confusing you're right no animal can control their temperature enough to turn into flames yeah no one can be emma frost or you know johnny storm yeah and then the guy like you said who essentially turns into like an abomination slash hulk biggie I think is his was nickname. he Biggie? Was he Biggie? I thought that the big guy later on was Biggie. Oh, I could be wrong. I just assumed. I could be wrong too. I don't know. That was another thing that was not clearly uh, explained. You can already see between the both of us, and I hope it doesn't make us sound like idiots, like we missed something. But there's a lot of confusion with what works and what doesn't work within this universe yeah no and i think that's like i i think that that was definitely for me one of the biggest problems is that there was just a lot in the movie that they would explain one thing but then it's like whoever wrote the next scene wasn't informed about that explanation and they just kind of did whatever they want yeah but i will say so like the guy that hulks out have you seen that actor before he looked really familiar and i meant to look him up I've seen him a good amount just because of the stuff I watch and I'm pretty sure you don't watch the same shows as I'm talking about. Um, His name is Rodrigo Santoro and I've actually seen him a lot recently. Uh, For one, he's in my second favorite Christmas movie, Love Actually, and he's also in Lost and Westworld. I did pull up the cast page and I do see him and he is listed or credited as Biggie. So he is Biggie. Okay. Well, I guess that's one thing that ex- that's explained away, which I guess that makes sense because his power was he got big. Yeah, um, to an extent. Yeah, but the other thing about him, so like he's like one of the first characters you meet in the movie, right? First scene, he's walking out of that truck handing out these drugs. Does he not look like the most stereotypical villain you have ever seen? Oh yeah, he's wearing like semi-futuristic clothing Mm -hmm. that doesn't fit with anyone else in this movie. He has that big twirly mustache. Like, I was expecting the next scene we see him in to be, like, tying someone to a railroad track. I thought he was going to be... He ends up just being more conniving until he turns into a, a literal monster. But, yeah, I was expecting him to be, like, your generic... You know, he's out on the streets killing children, essentially. Which, you know what? (laughs) I would actually prefer that than the ultimate bad guy that we did get, who was like this no-name character who we only see at the end. Like, there's nothing rememberable about her. Yeah, the generic government lady. Yeah, like, who was that? What was her? I mean, yeah, she was behind the whole project, but, like, she had no character to her. Like, I would have rather that, like, overly stereotypical-looking villain to be, like, the big bad than just nothing. Because that's, well, I feel like that's what we got. And that's another thing, too. Essentially, this movie builds up the guy with the beard, and he ends up just being a generic henchman who, I can't even remember how he died. He gets blowed up. Okay. I am kind of jumping around with my issues right now, because, like I said, I had a few of them, and this was another one. Like, this being a superhero show, like, you want to see superhero action. But like 90% of the action was just kind of regular action stuff. There were three solid action scenes in this movie for superheroes, which I'm not saying isn't a lot. Like, I think that's, you know, that's a fair amount. But considering that all of the, the rest of it was just basic action, I was, it just, it kind of let me down. Like there was the, the one where Jamie Foxx fights the human torch dude, Newt. 
Uh, that was more like in the very big one in the very beginning fights. The other one was where Joseph Gordon-Levitt, who his power is basically he becomes Luke Cage, both bulletproof and super strong. And he chases the chameleon dude, which I thought that was really cool when he was like running throughout the French Quarter and you kept seeing uh, his skin change. And then when they get on the blue bikes. Yeah. So that was actually filmed in the CBD mostly. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure I was at work a couple of days of filming. I do have some qualms with that scene. Well, you wouldn't have known. If, well, you wouldn't know if they were filming there because the guy was a chameleon. You wouldn't have been able to see him. Oh, that was that was a lame. Oh, we're gonna have to cut that one out. I'll be here all week, people. Well, like you know the scene where they're in the the club that's under the check in the cash place on Canal. Yeah, store that you know exactly what store that is. Um, that has like the secret club underneath that had like that uh, that superhero containment chamber, and they had that. I doubt that it was a full continuous shot, but they did well about hiding the cuts. But where like the camera literally circles the entire canister as you're watching Jamie Lee Fox fight throughout the club. Okay, I I love that part because yeah, it was fantastic. The the you're you're in the containment thing and you're essentially freaking out and panicking with this character who's freezing to death and falling apart, but all the action is going on on the outside. And it was so, it was beautiful. Oh yeah. I loved it. Like, it, was, it was Daredevil's hallway fight scene. Definitely. Definitely. And I, it was just so unique. It was a unique take, but probably the highlight or the best action scene in the movie. No, I, I, I definitely agree. What did you think about that scene though? When, when she's in, when uh, Robin, who was kind of the, like, she's like one of the main characters. Um, she's the streetwise punk kid who like helps both uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt and Jamie Foxx's character on this case. Um, and she's, you know, saving up, she's selling superhero drugs to help pay for her mom. She said that she's diabetic, but she didn't say exactly what the issue was. Um, yeah, I so just diabetes. diabetes. <laughs> I kind of laughed at that part because I was expecting her mom to have like cancer or yeah. something. And when she's like, it's just diabetes, you know, I was like, okay. Which, I mean, you know, like I have diabetes and I have to keep it in check, but I'm trying to think it was like, but like what exactly, because she asks her when we meet her mom, he's like, on a scale of like one to 10, how bad is it? And she says seven. And I'm like, okay, how bad is what exactly? Like, is she having circulation issues like with her feet or her legs? And the like, they may have to cut them off. Like what's going on with that? And they didn't say it was just diabetes. You got me. I, Cause isn't the whole point she's slinging the drugs is to save up money for, was it medication or was it like a, a surgery? Or? I don't know. Like that's, it was, that, that's it. Like I, I'm not sure. It wasn't, if it was, if it was explained, it wasn't explained that I remembered it. Yeah. I'm just surprised they didn't go with like, uh, uh, you know, a cancer I, or a tumor or like, uh, I don't know, something that could be, probably be easier, easily explained away instead of like, okay, it's diabetes, but what about diabetes is going on with her? There's a little more to it, I guess, where they could have just said cancer. I agree. I mean, I liked her character. Oh, no, she felt, was fine. I definitely felt bad for her character. You know, she's the character that the audience is supposed to connect with. She yeah. actually, she doesn't use the pills at all in the movie. I mean, I liked her overall. I No, I, 
I'm I'm not like I'm not saying anything against her. Like I I loved Robin's character. Um, I thought she was fantastic, and I loved how she how she and uh, Shaver interact with each other. They're essentially like older siblings. How they react uh, talking to each other, and I especially love the scene where uh, Shaver kind of saves her mom by like acting like he lives there, uh, and he's just like wandering around in a bath towel when the Tellius guys, the people who are making the drugs, uh, are like questioning her about where Robin is. Oh yeah, and he flat out goes in like a, a lover's direction. Yeah. They're sleeping together. Yeah. Are you saying that myself and a beautiful black woman like that can't have a loving household? It was funny. I mean, this movie had yeah. like little comedic moments. I wouldn't say it was a comedy or it wasn't, it didn't have like that Marvel sarcasm. No. Which I, I don't want to open the floor to this discussion, but I, I'm glad that it's it stayed away from that. What did you think of of shaver as a character i liked him i thought he was realistic he was definitely the stereotypical good cop i want to protect people and i want to but at the same time i'm going to do everything i can to do my job by using the superpower pill against my crooked cop chief's uh directions uh he like he had a personality he was definitely the good guy but he was also kind of a dork like he kept like you know doing the whole uh clint eastwood accents and speeches throughout the movie he also had and this is something i noticed which i thought was it was subtle enough that it didn't bother me is he had a slight accent i noticed that too but he didn't overdo yeah, it. yeah like it was just it was just enough to be believable in my opinion it wasn't this over-the-top french uh uh accent it was it was just subtle enough that it worked um, but overall, I did. I did like his character. And I've always, and you know, I, this is another thing I wrote down is like, I've always liked Joseph Gordon-Levitt as an actor. And I'm glad that he's had this comeback over the last few years after, you know, child star actor for Third Rock and 10 Things I Hate About You. Like, I'm glad he's now getting a little bit more work. Uh, you know, he was in Dark Knight Rises where he essentially plays Robin. Out of the three main characters, I think he was probably the weakest. He had less motivation. Like, he was just kind of there doing what was best. Like, he wasn't really all that invested aside from just, you know, wanting to make sure Robin was okay. Um, but overall, like, he was just he was just the cop trying to stop the, uh, the drug epidemic of the power pills. Whereas, like, characters like Robin or um, Art or Major, but they had a little bit more motivation for, like, why they were doing what they were doing. Let's talk about how convenient some of these powers were. Did you notice okay. that? Like how everyone had the right power for the exact right situation? I don't think it came down to situation. I would imagine, especially I think it comes to fruition in the, the end scene, that a lot of these henchmen were probably recruited or moved up based on their powers. Mm -hmm. But I mean, like, like following the movie. So Joseph Gordon-Levitt, he's bulletproof, apparently. Um, and he's bulletproof right at the moment that he gets shot in the head. And then there's a chameleon guy who is like chameleon right when he's the hide, but he probably planned that because he's a chameleon. Alligator wine guy also can survive gunshot wounds right after he's getting shot. I don't disagree, but I think things like the bulletproof or, or like you said, the chameleon guy did it because of his powers. I think being super strong wasn't connected to anything. I think that just happened to be his power. I'm not. I'm, I'm not saying that like because a bullet was coming, he became bulletproof. I'm just saying like plot-wise, it was just really convenient. 
I kind of wanted to see like a superhero who's like, yeah, I'm going to go into this. and I'm going to kick ass. And I'm going to take this superpower pill and I'm going to be a fucking superpowered monster. And he takes the pill and he gets like abnormally long fingernails. It's a movie. It is, I guess. And the movie has to have things happen and, and has to move forward. So You're right. I think that answers your question. <laughs> You're right. I'm just, it, it was just one of those things that just kind of stuck out to me. That was, some yeah. real, that was some realistic game day traffic, though. Oh, yeah. But at the same time, if you're from here, you would not be honking your horn. Like, you would know. You would know. Bullshit. I've been there, especially leaving work. I mean, there's nothing you can do. I have never. That does not stop anyone, especially people from New Orleans, from honking their horns. It was more of the honking your horn and then throwing your hands up in frustration. Like, you know it's a game day, dude. You're I'm, a cop in New Orleans during a Saints game. You I know. have never in my life driven a day in this city, either in New Orleans proper, uptown, Metairie, wherever, that I don't have people honking their horns because someone is either like because traffic is just a little bit slow that day or because you didn't step on the gas right when it hit green or whatever like this city is addicted to honking their goddamn car horns yeah but the people who do it have mississippi license plates and florida license plates and i don't know i worked downtown for years and have been in that situation we've had very different driving experiences I'm just saying from his character standpoint, completely unbelievable. It took me out of the movie. I disagree. I'm just being sarcastic. I don't really have an opinion on it. My opinion is that it was completely realistic and car horns are one of the plagues of this city. Well, how do you feel about alligator wine? Uh, I actually thought that was kind of funny. Did you look it up? Alligator wine? I did not. So it's not a thing. It's a song it uh, that has, I don't know if you want to call it like voodoo-esque connotations. If you look it up and listen to it, you'll make connections with the song to the movie. Well, I'll, I'll say this. That's something that a lot of the soundtrack in this movie I noted had uh, going with it is that a lot of the songs had specific drug themes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, which, I mean, you know, I guess that works. It was just, it was interesting uh, going through it and just, I had the subtitles on, so I kept seeing what the songs were called and uh, what the lyrics were. I, I'm with you. I noticed it. Yeah. Um, speaking of other songs, so there is one scene, and this is more towards the beginning that has to do with Robin when she is in class and uh, the teacher kind of starts ridiculing her. What did you think of that scene? The rap scene slash dream sequence yes like the rap like i'll tell you this the rap part i was fine with i was like that's actually a pretty good rap not gonna lie but the whole the the actual teacher it looked like that whole sequence looked like a commercial for like a failing for-profit college trying to make a commercial to show how standard schools have failed students do you remember there was a commercial starring uncle phil from fresh prince do you remember that no it was like this commercial for like phoenix university online or something and he's playing a professor and he just turns around and he starts going on this long monologue about how i've failed you as a teacher and i mean it was uncle phil so great but it was also just like the just a terrible commercial look that up 
Okay, I will. I'm not familiar with it, but uh, yeah, I, I mean, that scene stuck out because I don't think they did anything else like that in the movie where no. it was a, a yeah, it, I don't know what you want to call it, a dream sequence or her, like or, her fantasy sequence that she would want to do. If she didn't have stage fright. Yeah, because they set that up. It doesn't really, nothing comes out of it in the movie except a few scenes later, she kind of opens up to Jamie Foxx, who makes her rap again. And she actually does it. And it's, again, just as good or entertaining. But it was was definitely an odd, and like you said, a a little cringy or, or a little off. Yeah. But anyway, so I guess jumping back to the superpowers again, and I said I wanted to come back to this, the Wolverine frog. Okay. It has bone claws. Apparently. Do Wolverines have bone claws? Like actual? Yes, like actual Wolverines. I don't know. I mean, the movie said it happens, so I just assume it's it's a thing. Well, so did I, but if, if that's the case... That makes Wolverine from the X-Men make so much more sense. I, I think thought, they I think I th- they just call him Wolverine because of how aggressive he is. I don't well, think Well, that's what I thought to too. That that had to do with just he had claws and that he was hairy and aggressive like Wolverine. But if Wolverines have bone claws, then that would make so much more sense. I don't want to say that you bringing this up makes you seem stupid. What? But... I'm sorry. I don't know about Wolverines. <laughs> I'm sorry. I didn't study Wolverines in college. I'm not a zoologist. We don't have Wolverines at the zoo, do we? I don't think so. I'm just I... saying I don't know if Wolverines do that, but if they do, that explains Wolverine. That explains Logan. No, like why I, he had bone claws. No, I, I think, and maybe we both sound equally as stupid, but I think it just comes from, from Logan being aggressive and, and short-tempered like a Wolverine. I, I don't think it has anything to do with whether or not they have bone claws. I think it has something to do with it. I think they have bone claws. What did you think of Art's or the major's shrimp speech. I thought it was interesting. It sounded really cool and it was definitely different from, oh, I have the most powerful animal and the animal is a rhino or a tiger or something like it was unexpected. The actual scene where he's explaining to the henchman what's going to happen to him. Yeah. And he just lets him go. I mean, if I was faced with a guy that could do that and he had a superpower pill and I didn't, I'd probably let him go too. Yeah, I was hoping when he was doing that little monologue, I was like, I hope they just cut to this guy letting him go. And sure enough, that's what happens. Um, Um, Like you saw Iron Man 3, right? Yeah. Where like Iron Man's like shooting people throughout the building and comes one guy is like, you know what? I quit. They're so weird here. And he just lets them go. Like, that's what that reminded me of. I would imagine even henchmen have family and and people they care about. I would definitely do the same thing. But I liked that monologue. I can't really say I enjoyed the actual use 
essentially he wipes out everyone around him with the exception of the main girl who's being held captive. I don't know. That, that, I mean, like I said, it was, it was different. Like it wasn't just, you know, pure power. It was, you know, there was a thing to it. He was like vaporizing the water so hot that it literally just burned through everything. Um, so I thought that was a really cool idea, but I guess, you know, like I said, with a lot of the other superhero powers, I just wanted to see more. Like, I wanted to see an actual fight. Because really what it is, it's him standing there splashing water on everyone. Like, that's essentially all he does. <laughs> like, like, seriously, that's all he does. Um, it looks cool. And the science behind it is kind of interesting. But that's essentially all he does. And like I said, thank God it was raining right at that moment. Um, which, to be fair, it always rains in New Orleans. So we'll, we'll give him that one. But yeah, like, that, that, that's all he really did. And I'm sorry, I, in a superhero action movie, I want superhero action. Like, there's a scene shortly before that scene um, where they fight the big dude with the beard who, like, takes the pill and is, like, super strong on top of him already being super strong. Yeah. Yeah. How long did that fight last? All three of them. It was Jamie Foxx, Joseph Gordon-Levitt, and the big dude. Joseph Gordon-Levitt had super strength. Big dude had super strength. Jamie Foxx just really skilled at the time. He hadn't taken his pill. How did that fight? How long was that fight and how did it end? I can't say how long it was, but that he does, the guy gets shot though. Isn't yeah. that how he dies? Yeah, the entire, the entire sequence doesn't even last 30 seconds and they shoot him with a shotgun and that's it. Yeah, and that's how I felt about like so many other action moments in this thing. Like they have these cool superpowers, but almost all like a majority of the fights just end in a simple gunfight and that's it. Well, and that's the thing. Once the five minutes are up and once because everyone has a stopwatch in this movie, once their timer goes off. Yeah, that's it. Okay, the fight ends. There's still five minutes. Give me five minutes. Don't don't give me 15 seconds and a gun blast like give me five minutes give me an action scene let me see some superpowers you're right i'm i'm surprised especially a movie that the main focus is a pill that gives you five minutes of of superpowers they didn't actually have a, a five minute that would have been really cool yeah right like it adds like having that five minutes even adds more urgency to a fight. Like if it's two superheroes going down and they literally only have five minutes, they got to make that count. So like bust them out. Like let's see some fighting. I agree. That was, I, that was my biggest disappointment of this movie. Yeah. If you are watching this movie to see essentially superheroes or, or gods fighting each other, it's not going to happen. You're only going to see Jamie Foxx aggressively splash water on people. <laughs> yeah, that's essentially it. Like, you know, maybe he, if he was at uh, Blue Bayou, he'd be a lot more effective normally. I didn't even, I didn't even think about that because you're right. If it wasn't raining at the time, yeah. they all would have died. Yeah, they would have been like, you got nothing, which like at least that's a, that's a situation where like, his superpower would have been useless. He would have had the just abnormally long fingernails and that's it. Um, so yeah, thankfully it started raining right at that moment and it looked cool. Again, it looked cool. The effects really look, did look cool. Uh, but I mean, there wasn't much to it. Yeah. And then really after that, I mean, the movie ends wraps up the, the generic government lady, she doesn't even die by his power. She no. gets crushed by a, a crane. I yeah. think 
Yeah, she gets crushed by like some falling scaffolding or something. Yeah, and then the movie wraps up and, and I don't know, maybe what, five, ten minutes after that, the movie ends with, mm-hmm. okay, what do you want to say, bittersweet? I mean, I wouldn't say it's bittersweet. It felt like everyone kind of got what they wanted. You know, um, Jamie Lee Fox got his daughter back. Uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt got the information that he wanted and, you know, his... You know, he finds out his police captain's corrupt, but he now has the evidence he needs to, like, you know, blow the story wide open. And Robin gets her money to pay for her mother's uh, random diabetes issues. And I don't know why she didn't take the truck. Yeah, you would think she would have. Right? Like, she had the keys to it. Just take the whole truck. Yeah. I I, I don't know. I mean, I guess there's not really much else to to say there after isn't. that um as far as ratings go um if i had to give it one to five power pills i would give it you know i would give it a four i wanted to give it a five while i was watching it but like thinking about all of the like the negative things i had about it all the critiques just kind of brought it down for me so yeah i'm gonna stick with it uh give it a four i'm gonna go just one below you i'm gonna give it a three out of five Mm -hmm. especially you know thinking about it now and and seeing this movie's budget i don't know why this probably should have just been a tv show well they already have that tv show it's called heroes and and misfits oh this isn't the this isn't the most original concept well i'm not saying it's a it's an original but uh, yeah it's it's not a it's not a bad movie. Yeah. It's not a bad superhero movie. They definitely want to make a sequel. Yeah, they left it open. A lot of questions. I think another thing that that frustrated and I think affects my overall rating is they use that DJ or radio host to explain uh, things throughout the movie. I mean, they only did it twice, but yeah, I know what you're talking about. I think it was more than twice. They did it in the beginning and at the end, and that was it. No, there were a couple of other scenes. I'm I'm almost positive that he's kind of used to explain plot points here and there or, or sightings of, of people doing strange things. Yeah. But yeah, I mean it was it was solid. I liked all the characters. Mm-hmm. Like you said, I think talking about it and, and giving it time to settle. I think if I review this movie right after I watched it, I would be at a four out of five. But I think as more we talk about it and and more that I think about it, there was a lot I liked, but it definitely, especially for a $90 million movie, it did not use its its full potential, which is, I guess, fitting for a movie that plot is about unlocking your full potential. Yeah, this movie was kind of like the guy who exploded after taking the pill. Yeah. Um, like that was you know, a-, a lot of lead up to, to really, to nothing fantastic. Um, you know, you, you get to take the pill, but you explode after, I, I guess would be the analogy that I, I take yeah. with this movie. Uh, what did you think about, I guess, the representation of New Orleans in the movie? I liked it. I mean, like I said, uh, especially in the beginning, there were a lot of, of beautiful shots of the city uh, obviously, a lot of creative leeway. I mean, just in that bank scene alone, they jumped around like a two-mile radius back and forth. But I liked it. I mean, I you, I think it represented New Orleans well. I liked that 
Joseph Gordon-Levitt's character felt the need to protect this city. Yeah. But I also like the underlying themes of, of just to put it simple, you know, the man keeping you down and the struggles oh, yeah. that and the, the city faces. Katrina, the, the whole Katrina reference that every New Orleans movie gets. I liked it. I, I mean, it was, it felt like New Orleans. Mm-hmm. You know, when, when I was watching 12 Rounds, it, it was an action movie that took place in New Orleans. But this movie, and, and maybe it was just, again, the underlying themes, um, it definitely had a more New Orleans-y feel. Like, you, I could see Joseph Gordon-Levitt's character being a New Orleans cop or, or that girl growing up not that I can relate in any way, but growing up on the streets of New Orleans, like I connected in that sense. Yeah, I liked I, it. I see what you're saying. Like for me, this movie definitely. Like, I feel like watching this movie, if I wasn't familiar with, you know, a lot of the locations that you've used in New Orleans, this would feel like a just stereotypical city. Like if I didn't live in New Orleans, I wouldn't be. Like say I was like, oh, this is such a great New Orleans movie. Like it's a it's a movie in New Orleans, but I felt like it wasn't overly used. I guess is the right word. I don't know. I think I think that's what I liked most about it. I don't know. I just is that it wasn't the stereotypical Mardi Gras New Orleans kind of movie. Yeah, and they didn't go to your your typical major locations. I mean, I we can watched. See that you know two movies back to back that had a lot of the same locations and and you know this movie has a streetcar scene it has it has those scenes but i liked that their underground layer was at a check and a cash and yeah. not under the superdome or, or something like that like i like it felt more real yeah i can see that i see what you're saying Thank you for listening to this week's episode. If you liked what you heard, remember to rate and review us on your preferred podcast app. And be sure to follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Podcast Nola Podcast or on Twitter at Podcast Nola. If you want to see everything in one place, visit our website at podcastnolapodcast.com. Suggestions and feedback, positive or negative, can be sent to podcastnolapodcast at gmail.com.